0: What is the occult? It's a word you hear and see often in alternative media, but it is never fully explained. You hear it thrown around with words like the Illuminati and Freemasonry, but it seems like there is no solid understanding. The easy definition of the occult is knowledge of the hidden, or for some, knowledge of the paranormal. But it is that last part, hidden or the paranormal, that is debated and discussed by all. What exactly is hidden? why do certain symbols seem to transcend time like the winged sun disk which is a circle with two wings dating back to ancient Egypt and now used by multiple global corporations as their logo or the pentagram the five pointed star which dates back thousands of years and is now used by many corporations and governments is there a connection between these symbols and how these companies got their power and control or isn't that these companies just know we are somehow drawn to these ancient symbols and it is all just marketing strategy whatever it is There seems to be too many coincidences and connections not to question. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing. I'm Zell. I'm Dan. And we have Andrew coming, but he's a little late. He's he's a paramedic, so uh, he comes when he can. But what what we have today, we got a guy. He's our most requested guest. This guy, he's been doing podcasts for like five and a half, six years. He is the host of the Higher Side Chats, the greatest interview-style conspiracy podcast out there, and he has agreed to come on tonight for an hour and a bit and drop some knowledge bombs about occult symbolism and its meaning in today's society. A lot of, a lot of stuff that you never really, you see all these symbols all the time, but you don't know what they mean or where they come from. They're just there, and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? So, introducing the man himself, Greg Carlwood. How you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Hey, man. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Small podcast here north of the border. Having a few beers. Slamming some some conspiracies.
1: All right. Let's crack one open with you.
0: Oh, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Cheers to that. Right into it. Went Uh in Rome, right? Of course.
1: Drinking a little drink, smoking a little smoke, Uh, and let's
0: get weird. That is the greatest saying at the start of your podcast when you say that. And you're like, well, yeah, this is pretty much exactly what you need to do here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I used to love saying that, and I... I kind of got away from it just because it's actually a little out of place because the show gets pretty deep and pretty serious. And sometimes, you know, people spend their life researching a certain topic and it just felt like maybe sometimes the tone was a little awkward out of the gate to ask them such serious, deep level questions about their stuff and then just come out saying, smoke a little smoke, drink a little drink. It's not really, it's a little um, just off in tonality.
2: Yeah, yeah sure, it I'm could sure be It has some overtones of just being a little bit like you're putting it that they're not, you know, I would say normal, but it's what, yeah, like you said, people have done their and based their whole academic careers or things around these kind of topics. And, you know, and when you say that kind of stuff, it kind of maybe they feel it's less formal than it is or less serious, but it is yeah. like I, it's stuff that needs to be talked about and needs to be brought out there into, you know, maybe mainstream society.
1: Mm -hmm. And the original context was more that I think the altering of consciousness helps us to open up to some of these stranger perspectives, because we are in such consensus reality, nine to five all day. And it's just, you know, a zombified monoculture. And it's kind of nice to smoke a joint, drink a beer and be and this either relax and decompress from that hell. Or open yourself up to going down some rabbit holes. So that was the original context. That I, it's not that I don't take these things seriously. It's just that sometimes you need a, a little chemical jump start to to get your consciousness to where it needs to be to get into some of this stuff.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's good too. Like when you when you go about it like super easy going like that, it makes it almost more approachable to a lot of people, right? Because I, I, I think so. I, like a lot of conspiracy shows, you listen to, it's just like it's very serious. And it's just like almost like a lecture and you're like, oh, it's kind of like monotone. You don't really want to listen to it, mm-hmm. but yours is like super easy going. Stone are just like us talking about all these mm-hmm. topics. just like with an open mind. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Just bring I it, it in sure. there.
2: Freedom of thought. That's what it is. Just get in there.
0: <laughs> Amen. Cheers. Cheers to that. <laughs> all right, Greg. So unlike us, you have, you've had some guests on your podcast who just, who knew, who talk a lot about occult symbols and like, all, like how it r- relates to modern society like some of these symbols go back thousands of years but you still yet you see them in oil companies or you see the yeah you, you see all the stuff like everywhere so like give us like a just a quick summary of like what do what what do you think what is all these occult symbols doing in modern society is it just like people that, well, like, exposing like an old like magic as you say sometimes like it's gonna like supposed to like affect our psyche in a way or I absolutely
1: think that a lot of the symbols affect our consciousness. I don't know that we even are sure why, but it does seem clear that they do. And I think these things are very ancient. I think it used to be more communal. And then the authorities of their day basically slaughtered everybody who was using it and kept that stuff behind lock and key. And that's how we got secret societies. And then you look at these CEOs and a lot of the guys who started these companies, you look at the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and you find that that symbolism, this weird fascination with Sumeria in particular and Egypt, like they kind of invoke those eras quite often. And it seems to mean something to them. It's it's definitely a secret religion behind the curtain. But the symbols, I do think they contain some type of power, something that affects our consciousness. We see obelisks everywhere. We see, you know, the five pointed star. We see the all seeing eye, uh, the black cube, and the definitions can vary depending on who you talk to. Some people say, "Oh, well, that's definitely a reference to Mithras," or "This is definitely something a reference to Osiris." And sometimes it's it's just really tough to pin it down, but I do think they affect our consciousness, or we wouldn't see them in nearly every corporate logo. Of course, we're just talking audio, but if you go and you look up corporate symbols and occult symbols, you, you just overlay them, and it's like, wow, this is where they got this stuff, and why, is, why did they get these ideas? Well, they clearly have secret beliefs that they don't talk about in the mainstream, and I would guess it comes from their rising through the ranks of various secret societies.
2: Wow. Um, do you now? I have a question. Do, do you think that it's uh, it's the shapes or the specific shapes, or that the uh, like obelisk or things like that? Do you think these are themselves uh, a type of focus, or they produce a kind of power or mind altering uh, effect, or is it that we've known these symbols and these shapes for so long? Like you said, they. I mean, if they've come from Egypt, which was one of the first real huge societies when civilizations widespread. Um, do you think it's just the, that they're lodged in our consciousness and that we are able to uh, easier focus on that kind of, uh, you know, that that rear consciousness that comes out in the back that these symbols are so old that it that it's the people that that give them power?
1: Yeah, it's tough to say. That is the million dollar question. It's like a chicken or an egg thing, like what really came first and what is influencing what? But. I guess I just think that we're attracted to them like a moth to a bug zapper in a lot of ways <laughs> I, and and I'm sure and it's also that I think they've been weaponized to a degree and I don't necessarily know how to dis- explain that or describe it but it just seems like anything useful that can and that can be used against us is used against us in a covert way and I just think Oil companies are one of the best examples where you see the symbolism kind of across the spectrum. And I I guess it's like that is also the industry that comprises most of the capstone cabal, I think, is the nefarious oil companies and the robber barons of the early Americas. Like that, that's it. And so they clearly know something. They're using symbols that are so ancient, which is just so weird and fascinating. Like, why do they care? But look at the dollar bill. It's covered in all that stuff, and it's literally magic. I mean, it's something from nothing. <laughs> it's like the whole country is under a spell that it's worth something, and it isn't. And it's covered in sigils. So, I mean, that's a pretty basic example of magic we see and use every day. And it's easy to say it doesn't exist, but we are in a small sliver of time we call material atheism, where basically culture tells us that if you're an intelligent person, you're a material atheist. I mean that's the only way to do it. And that's the kind of the template we're given like Neil deGrasse Tyson is the intelligence god, you know, he is basically the archetype of what a smart person is, a smart liberal person in the modern world. But that's a small sliver of time where people have decided that there are no spiritual influences, there are no cosmic influences that, you know, consciousness is not necessarily derived from the brain, that there is some fundamental component to man that isn't matter. I mean, that's the majority of humanity's worldview. I mean, that's where it's been for for so long. So this stuff sounds foreign to talk about magic. It sounds a little silly in 2017 going on 18, but that's our context. I think our context is wrong. And I think the majority of the human story, they've been closer to the truth.
2: Uh, i I don't think it's ridiculous at all to talk about magic in, in this period of time um, and I know it's 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 said that you know technology is approaching a point where it's almost a lot of it is like magic or you would you would seem like it's magic so injecting that kind of thinking that um, that there is something we're, – we're discovering so much about the universe so quickly now uh, that there are things that you, you can't possibly explain and that all of – even the smartest people that we consider like Einstein and them, their theories are becoming challenged and that we have to create almost – there, there will probably come a time where we have to tear down everything even that we base – our logic on even like Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, he even says is like there might become a time where we need to tear down these theories back to their basis things and rebuild them, yeah. and it's like we can't uh-huh. we can't stick to one thinking, no doubt. And the funny thing
1: about Neil deGrasse Tyson is that, you know, he's a heavily suspected Freemason. I think I've seen pictures of. I don't know if he's said so publicly, but. It just seems like a lot of our science gods, you know, these infallible minds who just seem to know everything. We just outsource everything to them. A lot of them do have Masonic ties, or they're they're espousing doctrine that is really esoteric doctrine. Like, for example, the Big Bang theory, which is basically accepted now to a, a lot of people, just kind of assume it. But what is it like? It's basically there. There's nothing really there. It's just like some. That the world popped into existence on what faith i mean it's very it's basically a religion and if you look at the kabbalah and kind of the oldest esoteric ideas about where we came from it is the big bang theory and so it's kind of like they're shoehorning esoteric and occult doctrine into the mainstream culture through the lens of science and they're saying oh, this is you know our, our best guess at things from a scientific perspective based on the best evidence we have. Well, you really have no evidence about something like the Big Bang uh, in 2017, but they'll, they'll jump through some hoops and people will, their eyes will glaze over and they'll smile and nod, and they're actually being indoctrinated into occult ideas. I mean, it's kind of strange that way, but also the Big Bang theory, that came from a Vatican priest. So it's like, you know, the Vatican kind of controls two sides of the mind paradigm. And I'm just always interested in power dynamics when it comes to our thoughts and our ideas and where they come from. And one thing that does happen is that shoehorning of esoteric stuff. And I think science and technology and magic are all pretty closely linked, especially if you know about stories like the Jack Parsons uh, Babylon working in the 40s when, uh, you know, Jack Parsons was our head rocket scientist, and him and Elron Ron Hubbard are out in the desert trying to do some weird rituals based on Crowley's work, and you know people would kind of be surprised to hear that because a scientist isn't supposed to be interested in spiritual, esoteric-type things. They're supposed to be completely separate, but a lot of our leaders in these areas have occult ideas and occult views and partake in particular rituals, and they just don't talk about it all that much.
2: I think, yeah, they probably, if they do partake in these, like they wouldn't mention it or think because of the fear of being discredited as like they've they spent their lives building up this type of, you know, um, what, what could you, intellectual like currency or you know, worth that they' they that we are putting our ideas in them, and that is based on that they don't do these kinds of things or you know that what are considered strange or out of the norm. um. I wanted to go back to what you said about uh, like the Vatican and the, and things like that. Um, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, like the origins of Christianity is that. Do you think that the Vatican or do you think Christianity has built on something that like a, a couple of few people took advantage of what was um, at the time like a popular religion? I mean, during the time of Constantine, he was the first real Roman emperor to convert Christianity and make it popular. Before then, it wasn't uh, it wasn't really considered a, an influential religion. Do you think it was like people hijacked it, like you said, weaponized it after it became popular? Or is it just it has it, always been around? Well, I think original Christianity, I mean, people talk about
1: Gnostic Christianity, which is a lot right. more magical, and right. it's basically pagan, and it's kind of actually hard to describe because it describes a lot of different sects and, and that I kind super, of stuff. Yeah,
2: it's a lot of metaphysical stuff. It's super neat, though. I think it's super cool.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, yeah, Christianity is basically an overlay of all that stuff that kind of strips out the magic from it, puts it behind a paywall, and says just... You know, let's collect money for the one true God. Okay. <laughs> That's
2: good. That's good. I've never heard that before. That's neat. <laughs> yeah, I can I can, I could see that. Yeah, where they t- they take it out and they make it I guess you could make it um well, what's the word? Uh digestible for like for normal people like i say normal people but you know the masses being able to to get it out there i mean gnostic religion has a lot to do with metaphysics and like yeah magic and and you know certain uh demi demi demiurges and things coming down and all these kinds of freedom of thought which is you know vatican and modern day christianity kind of uh well the vatican's built on power structure. Like, that's that's how it works, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, I um, think the overall
1: Gnostic view, like you mentioned the Demiurge, I think the overall idea is that the material world is an illusion, a negative illusion, and that the goal is to rise above it, so to speak, and mm-hmm. that the Abrahamic religions are not worshipping know, the one true God, they're worshiping the God of Earth or the creator of Earth, which is actually a lower level being in the hierarchy called the Demiurge. And he created this material world of illusion, and it's not a great place to be. It's actually a prison for the mind from the Gnostic Uh perspective. And it's, you know, it gets basically into the story of the Matrix. But, you know, you want to free yourself.
2: That parallels with, uh, I think, uh, at least my understanding of Buddhism, like it kind of where it's that this physical shell that you're in is not the real thing that you, your mind and, and, and getting past the physical discomforts of this and and putting aside physical discomforts and physical comforts regular, um, is part of that religion that you, you become enlightened when you move past that, that your, your mind reaches out to the, this form of Nirvana or or enlightenment. Um, So like Gnostic Christianity, I I, like, does it have connections with Buddhism or or are they completely separate? I've never, I don't know if you know.
1: I mean, thematically, if they're both about transcendence, then I would say, yeah. Um, But I guess my problem with Buddhism has always been like the love, the struggle attitude. And that just seems like the right kind of philosophy to push on an oppressed people who are going to be working in the fields or factories most of their life. Just say, you know, life is suffering. And, you know, here's this Buddha. He was rich. He was an elite and he walked away from all of it because nobody really wants all this wealth and power and freedom. So don't even worry about it. Just be like Buddha. And I don't know. There's something there's something convenient about teaching people that life is suffering.
2: Uh, I subscribe to the view that, Kind of uh, Buddhism was formed as a, as a counter religion to Hinduism where Hinduism, you know, you're based into this, this uh, you know, this metaphysical caste system where it's like, okay, if you do good in your job or wherever you're at, whether it's like at the very bottom, then you will be reincarnated. So you have to do good in whatever, whatever place that you're put in. And then Buddhism was, was taught that the guy was like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Everybody is the same. You know, once you put aside all of these, these ideas, it's stuff like that. I'm not touting it that it's it's superior in any way or anything like that, but it's just like that's how I would see uh, Buddhism as something that yeah, and, and you see a lot in these some of these Asian countries like I live in Thailand and that Buddhism here is like yeah, everybody is happy in what they're doing and if you kind of look at their government, the way their government works, uh, it's a lot of just like yes, you must do good in your and your spot, stay where you are and you will have a better life later. So don't don't try to rise up, just just stay where you are. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Religion,
1: any way you slice it, is typically the opiate of the masses. You know, it's just some mental construct that keeps us from actually demanding a better life in some regards, because this is the practice life. You know, this life is just the test for you to obey God or, you know, do what you're supposed to do or have good karma. And then you're going to get this great eternal life. It's right on the other side. And I mean, I do do think we're (laughs) eternal beings, but it's just some things are just twisted conveniently from the top down. To manipulate the masses
2: yeah it's just like you know any form of government i think most forms of government anyway yeah. religions <laughs> and just, governments
1: used to be like the same fucking thing
2: yeah and it's you know you have your council of elders and these guys for some reason they, you know they tell you they're closer to god than you are and it doesn't make any sense right for me, i think that there's doesn't a make any
1: sense. when you go back everything seems split today but when you go back the nexus of religious powers and political powers and royalty and magic and banking are all basically under the same roofs. And it's just weird to see these banking priesthoods of ancient time. Uh, I think we still have that, but it's just just the illusion of separateness. I mean, a lot of these people are in the same interlocking cabals, and they just kind of frack spiderweb out into their own areas of expertise, so to speak. But, yeah, I think that there's a real nexus of all that stuff just the further you go back, it's interesting to see how connected it all really was. Boys, and that, that was Zell tr- and I were talking, yeah, Zell I and just, I were I was talking just about say the that's show. A treat.
0: This has been a treat to listen to you guys fucking banter about this. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a treat for Andrew too. Yeah. Andrew, Andrew just walked in the door. He came in about halfway through that.
3: Yeah, I still don't even know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> no one does, man. No, no, no one does. We're all just here for the ride. I'm just sitting here trying to Google we're everything all, you're saying. We're all trying to, we're all <laughs> just trying to figure it out. Yeah.
0: No, that's you guys. You guys just took it to a whole new level there. That was fucking awesome.
3: <laughs> Mind-boggling.
0: Zell and I were talking before the show.
2: Um, we were talking about the difference between um, like most of these, most of these, uh, the symbols and things like that that these these cabals and things use are are seem to be like mostly predominant in Western society. But I was wondering if they're if you've seen them or you've talked to anybody where they've had it in Eastern society as well, or do they have their own? Do they have their own workings? Like, is it is these kind of things, do they have influence over Chinese like, you know, circles and these these the rise of the Chinese as an economic power? Do they have do they have influence over that, too? Or is that something else?
1: Good question, man. I'd be guessing. But I think they do. I mean, clearly, there's the symbolism. A lot of the symbolism you'll see crosses that barrier between East and West. I mean, the swastika was originally a. Hindu symbol, I believe, and Indian symbol. Mm-hmm.
0: Something like and
1: that. They yeah. brought
2: it back from Tibet as well, but yeah, it was a Hindu symbol, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I mean, there is some crossing there, but I do find it just strange overall that there is such a wall between the East and the West, kind of. It almost seems like two different worlds. Uh, like, it's easy for you to go your whole life and, like, almost have no context for what the hell goes on over in the East, you know? We just don't know all that much about it. It seems like a strange and different culture, but I think behind the curtain, of course, all these people who are into the old religion or all this esoteric stuff, they have no prejudices about where to dig it up from, especially the older the source, the better. So yeah, I think it's definitely in there to a degree. I think they incorporate anything they
3: can that works.
2: Cool. Yeah. Uh, it sounds about
3: right. I feel drastically underprepared here. I'm like sitting here at home Googling the story symbolism of my life. Man. McDo- <laughs> the McDonald's logo man. the <laughs> symbolism in the Lion King. And here we
0: are just. Hey, man, There's a, deep it's filled with it everywhere. Okay, well, you know, yeah, I. The
1: McDonald's logo, even down to the colors, It's it's just all this stuff is. And it's getting worse in the technological age. But even before that, it was all these deep research. Societies that would figure out these marketing agencies that would figure out exactly which colors affect us on a psychological level because we're all just buttons and levers and pulleys. You know, we think Mm -hmm. we have all this free will, will, but we're so manipulatable. We were engineered that way, I think. Obedient workers. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, our culture is plenty willing to take advantage of that. And the McDonald's arches, the red and yellow, I mean, that's such a basic marketing thing. They apparently invoke hunger and sure enough the company who figured that out managed to dominate basically the entire world
0: it's insane okay so now let's let's go on, let's, let's talk about some symbols because there's a few symbols that seem to just pop up everywhere so one like first one i'll start with is the winged sun disk so, you know it's like a circle with like two wings going straight out but then yeah. then, then if you look if you look at the
3: symbol for ra isn't it i don't know the egyptian god ra it, it I believe so. It's, it's
1: yeah. It's basically I think um, I, I think it, kind of a general symbol for enlightened consciousness. If you think of the the, the sun disk as you know a, a rising consciousness, and the wings, of course, has a has a you know motif of, of flying. But uh, one th- I had a guest recently who talked about the very same symbol and how the golden snitch in Harry Potter is exactly that. And it's a very gnostic thing—the whole game of Quidditch and Harry Potter—because you got all these people running around the field trying to play this this game on the surface, but there's a meta game. The real game is getting that golden snitch, and actually, it's the only thing that matters in the game of Quidditch. Which is and it's a big allegory for ah. yeah, enlightenment. So I think that's what the sun disk meant then, and that's why it's in that movie. Well, that whole
3: movie is laced with, I guess, gnostic like. When you look at Harry Potter himself, you know what I mean? He was resurrected. The hero was resurrected. Oh, yeah. Just it's like all Jesus. that Joseph Campbell you, stuff,
1: all those archetypes. It's hard to believe snake. that some... You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's It's really hard to believe that she just came up with this stuff on the back of a napkin without being deeply indoctrinated into these mystery schools. I, I, she just seems to no know too much, or she didn't really come up with all of it.
3: Yeah. I've heard about that, too. Like It's kind of far-fetched to believe that this lady, this downtrodden lady fresh out of divorce just wrote the greatest selling book of all time on napkins, you know, in a cafe. It just doesn't, I'm not uh, sure. I actually don't know the
0: story, especially
2: in her own lifetime. I mean, a lot of, a lot of authors that we, that, that have become popular. I mean, look at, look at Herman Melville. I mean, look at Moby Dick where it was like, he, it sold what, maybe like five copies when he was actually alive and then it didn't become really popular until after he was dead.
3: Edgar Allan Poe, H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, like look at Ian Fleming, 007. Guy didn't even, I don't even think he lived to see one of his books turn into a movie.
0: It's exploded.
3: You know what I mean? Like it's and her first I'm pretty sure I don't know for sure, but Harry Potter, I think, was that her first book?
1: I don't know. I believe so. I mean, I definitely think there are gatekeepers, and anyone who reaches that highest level of success has been allowed to do so. And I just think they're t- the 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 stories are too layered with too much esoteric symbolism for her to not be in the club, so to speak, and if she's in the club, then that's why she's successful because they're like a fraternity, and they promote their own, so shes so do they level do you think
2: that they there's system works where they they wait first to see greatness or they they promote it, or do they do both? I don't I'm not sure like they're like, uh, you know did they reach out to her like the book the first book became popular, and then they said, you know they sent out like a recruiter or somebody and picked well, her up or there's a
1: lot of possibilities, but I mean, you've heard the phrase game recognizes game. It doesn't necessarily, <laughs> they don't have to be in the same meetings to, you know, for some major publisher to see, to, you know, read that manuscript. First off, she wouldn't read, she's probably given the manuscript to read and then realizes it's full of all this stuff and is like, ah, this person is in the club. There's so many winks and nods here. This will be something we promote. Or, It's a way to mass indoctrinate people. So maybe this whole Harry Potter story was cooked up by a group of people and it was, you know, they threw everything they had at it and they wanted to subtly indoctrinate people through entertainment because they do that. And then they just put a figurehead on it and gave it to this woman and said, oh, she wrote it.
0: Man, right. you because you always wonder. You see, like, okay, okay, Harry Potter. It's a it's a good book, but there's a million books like that, like fantasy I, books, I, right? I,
2: yeah, I I mean, I read Harry Potter. I don't like Harry Potter. No, but <laughs> I'm saying like it's blasphemy.
0: All of a sudden, All of a sudden, just blows it blows up into like a billion people love Harry Potter. A billion nice. people like we just yeah. are obsessed with. They've like, seen all the movies. They've been to the movies. They've seen, read all the books.
3: Well, that book was like crack to me. I couldn't put them down. No. Yeah, you saw, and I, I'm. They first books, and bad. I was I, not, I'm not a fan. I'm fucking no, mainlining Harry Potter here. <laughs> <laughs> more,
1: man. We like oh. what we're told to like.
0: Yeah. Yes. Mm. No. It's very true. You think about it like mm-hmm. the biggest. The I mean, biggest I'm still a Star
2: Wars fan, and I know that has a bunch of symbolism and things in it. But it's like it's. I still think it's a good movie. I th- even think the prequels have merit. But oh, you bite your tongue. I just
0: went. I I went to open night
2: last night. Episode three is great. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Oh yeah, Darth Vader
1: screaming no is just so captivating.
2: Just take that out, but the whole story behind it, his entire fall, which basically, you know, it mirrors Macbeth, which is one of my favorite Shakespeare plays. And it's like his fall and, it, you know, becoming it starting wild, out yeah. great fall. I think it was great.
1: Which Has, is has, Hamlet, anybody, yeah. has
0: anybody here Her seen Hamlet. Episode 8 yet? I've seen it. I've seen it too. Not not watch it I don't last want night. to say anything about two, it right now. Two no, of my, my
1: most trusted sources who never have ever agreed on anything Star Wars both hated it. Oh. And that
0: scares me.
3: I, oh. I, I'll be honest with you right now. No spoilers. But, oh, my God, did it fucking suck.
0: I went know what I did oh, yeah. I fucking dressed up in a Jedi robe so and I had right. a lightsaber and I went to the thing I was like I'm going full nerd for this I walked out in shame <laughs> I walked out in shame oh, oh, I
3: had I, that's I the entire movie it was horrible anyways
0: that's like that's I could fucking talk about that for an hour yeah. okay so oh, yeah. we we're on we were that's on that's another one too we we're on okay, I just want to say we we're on wing sun disc and then I just wanted to say like then you start going to corporate logos and you start going down the list and you're like what the fuck you got Chrysler, Bentley, Ashton Martin, Harley-Davidson, Mini, even Southwest Airlines has this like a very similar to this fucking sun, like wing sun disc. All the logos oh, yeah. are kind of the same.
1: It was the Obama logo.
0: Yeah, for his campaign, right? Yeah, his 2008 well, campaign. That,
1: all kinds of Egyptian symbolism was invoked in that uh, campaign
0: marketing. So why? So why it was they, a weird one? Why do they go back to like why, why to Egypt? Why why to that symbolism? Do you think, I mean, that's, that's a question I ask so
1: many guests and they never really have a a full answer. If you're not indoctrinated, we're all on the outside looking in, but they definitely have some obsession. And I guess I just think it, I think maybe it's just an energetic thing. Like it's, it's ripe with energy. It's just, it permeates. I don't know necessarily why or how, but Maybe they're venerating them. Maybe they just latched on to things that work. Like there's a school of magic. You know, chaos magic is popular now. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is basically the thought of just take what works. You don't That's, necessarily yeah. need to get under the hood. You just need to know how to start the engine and hit the gas. Yeah,
2: Like you said, I think it's, uh, it's all based around that, well, Egyptian society, civilization was around for thousands of years. And it was one of the first big widespread uh, human civilization so all of those symbols and things are are ingrained in there and the religion itself or the the mysticism the the symbols between it have been rebooted so many times into modern society they've been reinjected and you know uh, Jesus is a form of Horus and uh, a lot of a lot of things like that it, I, I just think yeah it just like you said it permeates all of society and these symbols will reach you no matter what whether you're a Christian or whether you're a Muslim or whether or uh, any of those Abrahamic faiths, which were based around, you know, around, uh, you know, Egyptian symbolism, it it worked. So the right. people were like, well, if we got to control people, it's better to use stuff that they already know about. You know, people like that stuff. Nostalgia works. Yeah.
1: Well, just look at, you know, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look at, uh, look at Washington, D.C. The whole layout is just a giant occult playground. It seems like they were coming over here, they found this new landmass and they're like, holy shit, let's throw everything we got at this. And they used to call it the New Atlantis. And it was this, I think America was this esotericist project, this this kind of a cult project to see what could be done when you threw all this stuff into it. And the whole layout of Washington, D.C. is a pentagram. There's, of course, an obelisk there, which harkens back to Egypt, like we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And And it's it's like-
0: it's a pentagram, but it's like upside down, right? If you look from a map That's the, why none of the roads there work. <laughs> <laughs> and the White House. I would
1: I would say the project was pretty successful though, wouldn't you? If you're trying to uh True. you know, invoke power itself. Energy yeah. and power, right. I mean it's the most powerful nation we've ever known of, I guess.
0: Yeah. Definitely. So I I'm I'm kinda unfamiliar with I just know the pentagram with the, like upside down with the the top star pointing at the White House. But it and the so it's the Link was it the Lincoln Memorial? Is that what it is? Not the Lincoln the, yeah. the Obelisk? The
1: Washington Monument Washington is, Washington Monument. Monument is yeah. the obelisk. Mm-hmm. And yes Yeah, and then all they're all laid out in that in that geometry. All Freemasons.
2: Yeah, it's true. Leave it uh, uh, the, what is it? the Masonic temples over there too. I mean they got that big old Masonic temple over there. That place I always see um that place is huge. Oh yeah. Uh, it's it's really neat to see like oh, when I I mean, I lived over there for that's where I grew up is near D.C. So I've been in there a whole bunch of times. And I mean, D.C. itself is just like it's it, when you go there, you just feel different. It's strange. Like when you walk in, it just projects power the way the layout of the buildings like you walk around the the Washington the Mall area, which like the the area between the Washington Monument and the Lincoln Memorial. Uh, it's it's strange even you walk into the museums there you walk into the Smithsonian any of those places and you feel like a type of energy that is just it's not I'd, I've i never found in other museums and other places like I walk into the Natural History Museum and things like that and it's just you feel different it's just strange if there's That's one pla- cool. if there's
0: one place I want to go in the world I want to go into the basement of the Smith- Smithsonian and crack, oh, yeah. And yeah. crack yeah. open all that shit <laughs> find, oh yeah find, find skeletons find some giants, giants. yeah for sure.
1: Or the British Museum, man. I can't I can't believe how much they actually have on display in London. That was probably the craziest experience to me. I went out there, you know, just checking out Europe. And uh, my buddy Gordon White, who hosts RuneSoup, he lived in London at the time. And so we got together and he was like, hey, before I get off work, you got time to go. You need to get in the British Museum. It's free. And you get to see all the things that the Empire took from around the world. And <laughs> when you put it in that context, I walked through there and I was like, holy shit, I've never been in a place like this. It was just pretty nuts. They even have like John D. Scrine on display. They have uh, a skull that looks exactly like the Star Child skull. They have one of the Moy statues from uh, Easter Island. Oh, they got cool. everything there. The Egyptian room is just ridiculous to see. Oh, Crazy, crazy. If you're ever around there, it's kind of the only thing I would recommend in London.
0: Wow. I'm starting to start, start saving up right now. <laughs> London.
1: I mean, I'm sure D.C., I'm sure the, the museums down there have a lot, too. I've never been. I hear it takes days and days to get through them, oh, yeah. But it's a lot of, yeah. like, you know, Fonzie's leather jacket and stupid <laughs> bullshit like that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, yeah, honestly, they, have the, that like, they have the American History Museum, which is kind of like that. That's just all nostalgia and stuff like that. I never really liked those ones. I mean, I was more of a natural history guy, and and that's in the Smithsonian building itself. Like those are super cool. I would recommend those.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> but going back to these, that the disc with the wings that you're talking about. Like I can understand why these are used as advertisement. Right? If it is true that this is supposed to symbolize enlightenment. You know what I mean?
0: Like that an, makes sense to me. It's inherent. The,
3: the things I don't get is like sneaking in all the Masonic, Satan, Satanic shit. You know what I mean? Like the 13s and everything everywhere. Like what, what is that Th- 13
0: what, and 33?
3: Yeah. Like where, where does that benefit you in your advertising? Right. You know what very I mean? Very curious
1: thing. To, a very curious thing. And the term satanic, I, I tend to never use cause I think it's so loaded because we have such a history of the religious authorities condemning magic and I think that's wrong because I think magic is actually powerful and enlightening and helps the individual. And these structured, centralized religions are the things that kind of kept us from enlightenment. So when we have these ideas about certain things that we think are negative, like a number 13 or something or, or a pentagram, for example, just general occulty symbols that people kind of think are scary, it's like maybe that's residue from all that religious propaganda, and maybe you're only thinking it's satanic because you're supposed to think of it as evil and you're not supposed to go there. But you are right that a lot of it does sneak into, especially music videos and Hollywood films. I mean, even Hollywood, the whole term is, is based on the idea of a magician's wand and the whole idea of- uh, They used to be made of holly. Okay. And so, a <laughs> Hollywood is like literally a, a wood, a wand for spell casting, and Hollywood is just a big fantasy spell, just a big and a bunch blanket of pe- over our consciousness and a bunch of pedophiles. Uh-uh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is these days. I mean, you are gonna sit down for a meal with Kevin Spacey?
0: I'm not. <laughs> I kind of. I, I liked him before. I thought he was I thought he was hilarious. But then you. Uh, then you hear the story. Yeah, I mean,
2: you had to know some of this stuff. Th- yeah. I yeah. just. To you had to know some of this stuff was coming. Like it's. If there was going to be a time where where I, that we have you know we get inundated with social media and that you can people find connections everywhere with these people and they can everybody's lent a voice. I think that's the one positive thing is people are lent a voice uh, in this society now and that these these things were going to come out because when you have that much power and influence like these people like Weinstein and things like that yeah i don't i think your 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 mind just changes i'm not justifying it but i think that you think of the world differently and that you think you can do these things and get away with it and that's you know absolute power corrupts
0: absolutely yeah. that's the best quote cheers
3: well, people have been hinting towards this, making jokes like these these things. This has all been subtly talked about before and like whether it be stand up comedy acts or, you know, TV shows and stuff like that.
0: Everyone turned a blind eye.
3: Yeah. Like, but why now? Why is it all of a sudden? You know, what I mean, let's let's fucking tie these guys up. And you know what I mean? Like, I, right. I just. Yeah. Why, that's what I want to know. Now? And yeah. I'm skeptical. It's just yeah. all like, you're
2: bringing down all these people who might have been, you know, they could have been initiates or any of these secret. Cab- I think maybe some of them. Well, it seems I mean, they have managed. enough influence, you
1: know? Yeah. No. That's what I would say is it just seems carefully managed. I'm really skeptical about anything, any big main story that hits all of our front pages when we wake up in the morning. I'm very skeptical of any of that being genuinely organic. So many things I I, I think are really tightly controlled, especially when you're talking about a privileged, privileged class in Hollywood. I think you just really got to be careful about how you perceive these things and like getting swept away with them. I mean, it's, I don't want anybody to be abused and you're like, yeah, fuck it out with the pedophiles, of course. But I, I think it's probably very select pedophiles and some are probably still very much protected. Okay. That's, oh, just,
0: that's I'm sure, this is perfect. Yeah. Cause we had a question. Cause I, I said like, Oh, we got you coming on the podcast and we'll take taken some questions. And this guy, one guy, uh, Hongva Lucero, he was, he was saying the same thing. Do you think all these outings of sexual assault in Hollywood are, are the elite sl- slowly unfolding before our eyes? Or is it all a sheet to cover something more sinister up? Like, are, are, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what he means by the question in the end. But is it like... I'm going oh. with a sheet. So, like, they're they're exposing this because they're about to do something else. So, it keeps you distracted from... Distracted, you get us distracted, distracted from, you,
2: right? from, what is it, from net neutrality when they were just taking that out.
0: <laughs> like, that's probably so, why. Sorry, America. Cause, it you mean, had to dig, yeah. you had to
2: dig deep for that. Like they, that stuff didn't come up. That was on the back burner. Most of it, but you know, all of this, this sexual assault and they're passing a bunch of new laws, tax laws and things like that. I, I mean, this could have been part of that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, the tax I'm, law not I'm, I'm not sure.
3: Well, look know. who they're offering up to, right? Like, yeah, Kevin Spacey's a wicked actor, but you know what I mean? Just, He's, one, just one guy. Well, him and you know what I mean? Weinstein.
0: He also had a like,
1: foundation for kids. <laughs> That's another thing. You find that a lot of these people who are just so altruistic, all these philanthropists, most of their money is the only reason they have these foundations or organizations is to do something nefarious or to funnel money and generate influence in a way that they couldn't just out of their own personal account. So I don't trust any of that shit. Bill Gates Foundation, Clinton Foundation, uh, goddamn Clinton Kevin Foundation. Spacey's School for Young Boys, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I don't trust yeah. any of that
2: shit. What's Professor X up to then? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Gifted youngsters.
2: Yeah. All right. Oh, now I got that image in my head.
3: Thanks <laughs> a lot. <of> guys.
0: <laughs> Just ruined oh, X Men for me. <laughs>
3: Well now, oh, it's, well, it's gonna Bryan be Disney Stewart now, so don't worry. Yeah, Box through X Men. Disney's got oh, it now, so who, who knows? Yeah. Does Does it, right? What
1: D- doesn't Disney do, have? They for have Christ
0: everything, life? man. They, they own, everything. own it everything.
3: Just think about They're all the, books. all the Masonic nice. symbolism that's gonna be in X Men now.
0: Right. Think, think. about it. What about, uh, Greg? What do you think about now? People say like Walt Disney. If you break it down, like because it's kind of like it's handwritten, so you can you kind of see six 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 through it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fucking interesting, isn't it? Like, there's like, there's a lot of stuff like that. You're like, you look at a race, you're like, oh, oh, there's there's nothing there. And then you look closer, and you're like, well, I guess that you could say that was a six six six. Well, what is Disney all about? Magic from the beginning,
1: wish upon a fucking star. It just, it was like, it was child. They they think it's like fantasy for kids, but a lot of it is magic indoctrination. And you know, look at the old, uh, the famous. Fantasia, oh, as That, as that as mouse, the scariest that movie I've ever
3: watched. Fucked me up when I was a kid. That ET—I lost fucking well, sleep I, for months.
1: I just think it's hard to believe that the people who are making that stuff didn't have context for magic. And also, when you weigh in Disney's success and what, and the kind of symbols they use, I'm not surprised. It seems like there is an equation there. I don't necessarily know how it works, but I think you can look at the. The companies that are most successful in almost every field see occult symbols and put two and two together.
0: Yep, get on board, <laughs> get on board with that for sure. Because you you start go, you go through the list and then you, there's like uh, the vesica pisces, pisces. Is that how you say it? It's like the Venn diagram kind of thing, two circles overlapping.
1: Yeah, right. That's one of those base shapes from sacred geometry. Yeah. You get all the way up
0: to the tree of life and the flower of life. Exactly, and then you have like companies like Chanel and Gucci and DC Shoes and Mastercard. They all use like that same symbol. Yes, they do. And you, yes, man, they do. And you can go through like you pr- you probably go through like every occult symbol like that, and you would find companies who use that logo. Big, big multinational giant corporation companies who use that like a derivative of some type of ancient occult symbol.
2: Yep,
1: the so biggest I'm, companies. I'm
0: sure.
2: Are... Yeah. Sorry,
0: go ahead. <laughs> no, just the biggest companies in their fields across
1: the
2: board have these symbols. I'm sure, like there is a there is a uh, section of advertising companies that they do this. Like this is their job. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, you watch. I mean, I could say Mad Men. Like you look at Mad Men sometimes, and it's like there there are there are people, not not those guys who do the pitches, but there's these guys doing this research, sitting in a thing. You're like, this works. This works. Like use this, like this, this, the, the colors that, uh, you know, they're sitting there doing the research and they'd be like, these colors will work. If you want your logo to be whatever, you should use this. If you want to project, what kind of image are you looking for? Okay. And they type it into a computer and they just pull up all the stuff and they're like, okay, this one, this one, this one, put it together. There you go. Well,
1: that, yeah. Or, you know, you get a, You get a guy who's read The Lesser Keys of Solomon and been through the Anakian system, and he just decides to go into advertising and then use what he knows from his esoteric background. And then what do you know? He becomes the the most successful marketer on the planet. I think that's kind of – yeah, obviously companies would then go to him, and he would invoke that very same symbolism in their logos. I don't know. I've never really done the serious deep dive – into exactly who came up with these logos, and if there's any real synergy there, but it would be an interesting thing to go into a lot of them I mean, have cover but, stories though
2: yeah, a lot of them are I know even in a lot of these symbols like they they project stuff that's either it's it's in I think it's inside our you know our general overall consciousness that that thing that uh, you know we're humans, and we're we're basically biological entities. Uh, Whatever we we're animals. We're we're ten thousand year old creatures working on you know five million year old brains. Um, and there's things that are, are always going to be there, like like the stars or the North Star, things like that. I mean, you look at Mitsubishi; it was is formed by the three stars, things like that. It, these things always, if you want to project or you want to evoke a sense of. Uh, discovery or things like that—you're going to use stars. I mean, look at NASA. Like you want that—they have to fake. do with space.
0: But NASA's fake, man. Flat Earth guy. They, nah, me fake not. NASA. <laughs> hey, those guys are telling us all about
3: fucking Disney. <laughs> they so. did—they did
0: warn us about Disney. The flat Earth guys, though, yeah, they did—they did warn us. They're wrong. About I believe every, it. Wrong about everything else, but.
1: <laughs> well, I think the flat Earth people are interesting. I think it's uh, we well, know, they, they make some interesting. Yeah, some philosophical points about accepting things for and taking things for granted, but I don't think the Earth is flat. I'm I'm going to be controversial and say that I think space. I'm a space theorist.
0: I'm just I'm Wait, coming buddy, out now. We are too, and we don't we don't hide it. We had a, <laughs> we've had a few people on, and like we 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 really explored for like three months. I fucking explored the flat Earth and just didn't. Well, there
1: are it? interesting things. Like I don't want to say that there aren't, and There's, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. And well, another point is that we don't really have a picture of the earth from space. And when Neil deGrasse Tyson was questioned on some of the issues with lighthouses being seen under the curvature of the earth and the geometry not working out quite right, he'd said, oh, well, that's because the earth is more pear-shaped. And so it's not a perfect marble. I'm like, well, where the fuck's that picture, Neil? Because every picture (laughs) you've shown us is a perfect marble. So something's weird. There is something strange going on. And I think that uh, it's not that the earth is flat, but because there is so many sketchy things coming out of NASA, it leads people to the furthest conclusion. They're like, you know what? Fuck everything you've ever said. It's all bullshit.
3: Yeah. And I think that's an interesting. It's very punk rock of them. Hey, it, It's so easy to go down that fucking YouTube rabbit hole. You can, go, Earth, you can like, go forever. Yeah. And just in that little corner, it's like, this, suggest this video, and then I'm going to suggest this video next. And next thing you know, you've been fucking watching flat Earth videos for 45
0: minutes, and you're just fucking oh, mind blown. Yeah. Not, yeah. not, we're not talking about flat Earth, though. Like, We've no, done our part. Like, we, gave it, we gave it a shot. We, uh, we gave an avenue. And uh, hey, if the Earth is flat, that would, I would be like... Sorry. <laughs> Have they
2: heard anything back from the one guy, the one guy, the tech, the yeah. guy from Texas who's going to launch himself in a homemade
0: rocket? Uh, oh, he did didn't, he didn't do it. it. He didn't do it. He now uh, that they, no, they shut him down. That was all. Okay. That, that was all a marketing thing for him because he, wants, he, to be like, he wants to be like he oh, wants to be like evil, he wants to be an evil Knievel. He wants to do like he was a stuntman. Ah, uh, that's what he is. What a shame! I wanted to see it. Um, I, I was really excited. I kind of <laughs> wanted him to shoot. I kind of wanted him to get shot up there, and he'd be like, "I want, I went 1,800 feet. Like I climbed 1,800 feet yesterday up the mountain." Well, I want to see
1: Antarctica regardless. Like, I think there's some crazy stuff about Antarctica as a a hollow earth, a fan. And you look at some of the Explorer reports in the North and South talking about warm seas and, you know, taking your jacket off and seeing greenery. Uh, I don't know where the truth lies, but I definitely would be interested to see a little bit more exploration of Antarctica. It's like... As it's bigger than the United States, and think about how diverse the landscape of the United States is, and just how many things could possibly be found there from a previous age. Because I'm not convinced it was always ice. Yeah, nope, it's well, not. you know,
2: soon enough it's melting. So it's all right, they said it's melting right. faster than any time in recorded history, at least, or even from the ice samples that they've taken there. That's like it's in even a geologically. It's melting faster than any other age before. Bring so, it on! So did, they just, see, did they <laughs> just nice. find
3: that Nazi base up in Antarctica? It was like a brand new uh, discovery.
2: I don't know. I don't remember. The
3: yeah, they no. might have that, discovered something, but I
1: highly, I highly doubt you could brand it a Nazi base. It might have. I think they found some ancient structures. I think there's a possibility that Nazis went there for sure, but I don't uh, think they, they found a Nazi base. Did they?
0: I, I don't. Know. don't I, I, I would know. I know about they definitely
1: found remains yet. of
2: a petrified forest. I think they found a remains of a forest up there that had been there, you know, if, thousands of years ago. If really. they found
1: a Nazi base in Antarctica tomorrow, a thousand people would
3: have told
0: me about it That'd today. So yeah. I could,
3: it could be some type of fake news. I've
0: it, it could have been f- fake news. Yeah, you never know. No, could be I, fun I, news. I think fun I, news. I think Antarctica. I'm on board with like the Graham Hancock style. Like, we're like 12,000 years ago, at the end of the last ice age. There was a cataclysm on this planet that altered the climate so drastically. Maybe even like, well, if you go with, like the Charles Hapgood, like the Earth, like Earth crust displacement, something happened twelve thousand years ago, either an asteroid impact or something, where the super entire volcano, where the entire global climate changed quickly, like super mm-hmm. quick, and I, that's that's like like we've talked about before. Like I'm on board. Like I think these pyramids and shit were built before the Egyptians, and like all these because there's pyramids all over the world, and like at the dawn of civilization, people have built these super structures. Like man, there must have been someone more advanced before. They got wiped out, and then the Egyptians came back and they're like, Holy shit, these are sweet. Like these are ours now. <laughs> like, yeah. like mm. I'm Khufu, I'm putting my graffiti in here. This is my fucking pyramid, man.
1: What like, do you guys think the pyramids were for?
0: Well, i like you read a lot of things. You read uh power generation, you read you know, but I think it's That's where they
2: that's where they buried Apocalypse from X-Men. Right? No, that's true. <laughs>
0: no, I think I think I think I think it was something to do with uh like frequency vibration, like some type of unlocking, like unlocking your mind almost are like, you know what I mean? Cause there's mm-hmm. like, there was like some, there was some stuff. I'm not remember who the guy was, but he like put seeds in a pyramid and he like the seeds grew better. So there's like some type mm. of weird frequency thing. I think with the pyramid, I think it was all something to do with sound.
2: I don't know. I think I- it could have been some sort of a uh, uh, consciousness focus. Like you could be able to, uh, uh, you know, something that people can look at. I mean, like they said, uh, it, they used to be completely white. They used to be tipped with gold, like the entire, you know, the top parts. And I would think that something in there, like if you had enough people focusing on one point at that point, I think some kind of something would happen. Well, I like, think it would lend you some kind of.
3: The first type, like I, the first types of pyramids that were made, like the step pyramids, you, you can totally, you can see how those were made. You know what I mean? Like no, that makes sense. That looks
0: doable. No, but that, the thing, here's the thing with the pyramids. The step pyramids, when they, when they date them, they think the step pyramids are after and they're shittier. So the very start of civilization, back, way back then, they built these giant megastructure pyramids, perfect, like super engineering marvels, and then the pyramids got worse, and they got worse. and they got, It's like when p- people came back to the pyramids, and they're like, holy fuck, that thing's sweet, let's try and build one. And they is wasn't, that for
3: sh- like, that, that, have they been carbon dated? Like, well, you can't carbon
0: date rock, right? So you can only find what's been buried by the rock. Oh, okay. You can, like, you can start getting into rock, like, you start te- testing for, like, magnesium and, like, chloride. Yeah, you have to find an
2: actual biological, like, substance to carbon date if it's it's something that's down there or something that contains carbon around it. But even then, it's, like, if you have sand that's all around it, the sand's constantly moving,
0: so you can't really. Like, <laughs> here we're, now, like, we're, this is where I like to go. Like, this is, I like to go, I've gone down this rabbit hole before. And if you date these ancient structures, you look at the weathering on some of them, Right. So you look at the weathering on the Sphinx and it looks like it's been rained on and it's like completely destroyed. And then people like debunk it. They're like, oh man, that's this wind erosion. But when they found the Sphinx, it was completely buried, right? It's like the little head was poking out. So if it's completely buried, there's no wind. So they're saying like the erosion on the Giza Plateau and the Sphinx is from a time when it was wet, which would have been around the last ice age, they think. Right? So everyone just, just think like the Egyptologists are always like, well, this is how it is. Like, we found uh, Khufu's name in this pyramid. It's Khufu, Khafre, and menkel Like, these are their pyramids, man. That's it. And they're like, well, maybe it's not. They're like, no, nope, it is.
3: I thought the Sphinx was, I thought that was all wrecked from Napoleon. Did Napoleon shoot that one? Was
0: a, that was a myth. That's, that's a myth. myth. It, what the hell? Yeah, am I
3: reading? Like, am I subscribed to fucking tabloids or <laughs> some shit? Like, are you fucking on, disclosed layer, dot TV? You are
0: on TV? Apparently. You on Disclose.tv reading that no, bullshit? They said that the nose
2: fell off because Napoleon used it for target practice for one of his armies. I'm pretty sure that's a myth.
0: No. (laughs) Anyways, I can go. That's a whole other rabbit hole, but yeah, I
2: think
1: clearly they were either something related to consciousness. Like uh, my buddy Gordon White calls it an immortality machine, because if you've ever experienced psychedelics a lot, you can Mm -hmm. basically (laughs) feel immortal because you know, the longer a a trip can only can feel like it lasts a lifetime and it only lasts a few minutes. So imagine doing that in some natural, well-defined way, constantly. You could basically feel like it's an immortality machine. I think it's either that or a weapon because man seems to only build weapons. And if you find pyramids all over the world, maybe it's a possible weapon of some kind. Uh, Joseph Farrell, another researcher I really like, his website is Giza Death Star because basically that's the premise is it's an ancient weaponry
2: Hey, why could, not? I, at, th- at this point, hey, why they're, not? They're, they're so the, well-constructed. I mean, you wouldn't build something that big for no reason. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah.
1: I mean, those are polar opposite ideas, the ones I just basically <laughs> said. It's either super positive or super negative. But it's just it's about restoring the context of that time period. And it seems like back then, like we talked about earlier, people were a little more open to magic and psychedelics and journeying. And it was like a bigger part of the overall culture. It's not necessarily that people were open to it. It's like their their leaders actually like promoted self-discovery and enlightenment and transcendence. And this was part of life was learning about it and forgetting about your fear of getting over your fear of death because you've basically transcended matter multiple times since last Thursday. And you know,
2: I, maybe that I was think what there they were, were. maybe They were probably, I would say that, yeah. The uh, it was a lot more open to the idea of, you know, of of a mental state beyond what you are now, and that people could. I think they were less, maybe at that point, they were less conditioned or like their brains were less, uh, you know, shackled by what everything that we have now that you're pretty much conditioned from birth. But back then, maybe you just had the raw. Just the raw human psyche. It wasn't. It wasn't just this, this nice boxed up version that we have now. Like back then, in the earliest days of humanity, it was probably something. It could have been something a little bit different. It was just that little bit that maybe there I, there could have been magic, or there could have been just a, as you know, a telepathic. That was something just a little bit more prominent than it is now. I'm not saying that the, the Egyptians were psychics or anything, but maybe there was a little bit more it is a smaller gene pool. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe things were more concentrated back then. Well, there's a lot uh, less
3: I distractions <laughs> back then, I'd imagine.
2: That's true. You have a lot more time to concentrate on more like the, the mysteries inside your mind of meditation and things like that. I mean, real really you have less to do like you don't have all this stuff you <laughs> well, know you can uh, yeah. sit there and stare at the stars for like 20 years and and chart out like whichever everyone goes cuz that's your tv you know <laughs> yeah. that's a really interesting thing to
1: think about because i have gone down the magic rabbit hole and that's something you find is that it is very fucking difficult to do actually it's uh, it's very involved in a lot of cases and to do things directly out of the out of the grimoires the way they're presented Takes time and effort, and a lot of people just aren't going to do that. And our current culture is so ADD about things like this. Internet culture is it's like, you know, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. Let's just watch YouTube videos, watch watch forty in a row, and then forget what I even watched. I mean, yeah, that's you know. what we're so throwaway. But at the same time. We actually have more time than ever if we were to use it wisely because our basic needs are taken care of. Ancient Egyptians didn't have a dishwasher and a laundry machine and a microwave (laughs) and a fast food drive through and a taco shop down the block and a Target. That we know of. Right. (laughs) Basically, but these things, you know, they're out there spending all day trying to keep their shit together. And we kind of have a little more freedom and luxury in that regard, but we sure as hell aren't going to use that time to get into magic. I mean, why would you? It only works. It only improves your life tenfold or ruins it, depending on who you ask and what you do and what entities you talk to.
3: Well, I look at it this way. If, if uh, Aleister Crowley couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a
0: chance. That's, that's the threshold right there. Yeah. Yeah, I don't well, know. Who
3: knows what Crowley did and didn't do? Well, he tried to do that uh, that the abermelon was it
0: abermelon yeah abermelon he tried to perform the abermelon he didn't he didn't complete it man no. he opened a fucking rift to a different dimension mm-hmm. that's where that's where these aliens come from some people say
1: <laughs> right
0: how do we know he was unsuccessful maybe well he dedicated himself maybe he fucking did it maybe he actually got the magic down
3: well i thought like how do we know he said he didn't he wasn't able to complete
0: it He's a liar. look
1: if i opened a men- multi-dimensional portal and I didn't know how to get it closed. You can bet your ass, I'd tell you I failed. <laughs> yeah, man, I couldn't do it, man. I couldn't, I couldn't
0: get that shit open. Wow. Nope. Sorry. And then you sold Take the house to Jimmy and and Page? The, and
3: how else do you think uh, right. Stairway to Heaven got written, right? That's true. All right. Bulls no one can write a song like that. No. In no
0: the
2: immortal words of Shaggy, it wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, uh, but by the by, you might want to put some stock into literature about Shogoth, our supreme overlord from yeah. the Dark Abyss. <laughs> you might want to brush up on some of that, but you know,
0: <laughs> man, it's crazy. Uh, it's crazy when you think back at like these ancient cultures, and then they were so good at doing things, because like, oh yeah, do you, like I was, I was just reading something the other day. Uh, they there was an Olympic team. I can't remember what country we were from. They tried to like match a Greek rowing team from back in the day. They found like this a record from the Greeks back in the day. They could roll one of their ships and they could row it at like 10 knots for 20 hours. And that was like a written scripture. And then so this Olympic team, they're like, okay, we're going to try and do it. And they trained for a month, a fucking month. And they were already Olympic rowers. like They're already like top, top rowers. And they can only do the, the same amount of knots for like two hours. And they are trained. Hmm. So they're like these people back in the day, they'd only did, they would only do one thing their whole life. So they get so fucking good at it. So Not to you,
3: mention they're probably getting whipped while they were doing it. So I, a little no, much what, of I, there. I
0: think, I think that I think the slave portion of that era, I think that's a little, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't believe the pyramids were built by slaves or anything like that, but you can't, you they're can't,
2: paid, you, they're paid workers. They have, they have the, they were actually paid. Most of them were a majority of them were paid workers. They have the actual records. Uh, uh, they found that they were, these, most of them were paid, were paid laborers that worked on the pyramids.
0: Yeah. I, I definitely got bored of that. Cause no one could build up something that precise. If you're like, just or like you're like whipped to do it like you're never gonna like you just couldn't do it. you could never make sense right so like these ancient cultures if you go back to like so if you're like a magician in the ancient days that's all you did like day in day out you read the scriptures you practiced you meditated you tried to do it but like now, nowadays like people read a book or they write a book but no one ever no one really dedicates an entire life that i know of to trying to do this stuff
3: well, because you're 9 to 5, you're working at 7-Eleven, then you get home and then you tra- get time to practice your meditation. You're trapped you know I mean? in the grind, right? Yeah. You can't
0: just like sit down and just like sit on a stone, cross your legs and meditate and try and levitate or something. You
3: can't do that. I like that nice.
0: <laughs> no, if you haven't seen it, it yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little Star Wars poke there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I think uh, I think I had some questions here. Someone, wait, some, someone say something while I pull these questions. I had some questions for, for Greg there. But <laughs> fill, fill the time. Fill, someone fill the time because uh, I, I Pat, fucked it up. Go
3: Dan, say something smart.
2: Uh, I can't remember what we were talking about now. We, oh
3: no, yeah, okay, we've so, gone
2: everywhere. Yeah, back then during the time, like we said, like these these people weren't. Um, People didn't have all the technology, all the, the throwaway culture and, you know, constantly shifting from, you know, multitask. I mean, we can multitask now more than than ever. Our brains are kind of wired that way now, which is kind of neat. But back then, like you could you could concentrate on a task, you know, wholly and, and that would, you know, it, it increases the 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 way that you take things in and and you could do a lot of things i mean you look at some of the the leaders back then even like benjamin franklin or thomas jefferson yeah these guys were some of them are kind of shitbags but they you know you could speak like five different languages and that was kind of normal like back then like you could speak english and french and spanish and it was that that's like if you didn't speak those languages you were dumb you know and you get some people now it's like well I'll just speak english like that's the only thing you should speak and i'm like i don't know <laughs> Seems like we're definitely um, devolving to a degree. Read some Shakespeare uh, and try to figure that out, you know. Uh, <laughs> Shakespeare is amazing. I, like, uh, Macbeth is still my favorite play, and I still think a lot of things. Like, like I said, episode three of Star Wars, I think is the best one because that's. Um, that's the fall. That's I think it's you watch it a few times and you're like, OK, this this I think it's good. Yes, the ending is very bad. But if you just kind of like leave out the, the no part, <laughs> I think the rest it's fine. I think it's super cool. It's just like you see Anakin or Darth Vader like he was at that time. You can see just he is raw emotion and people put like hate on Hayden Christensen, but i still think that he's like he's playing a, a distressed teenager. Yeah, he's a bitch. But I mean, come on. Like he, he grew up without it. You know, he didn't have a dad and he, he's just angry all the time. And he's a, he's a teenager. Like he was still then he was still wasn't that old. He was just he's still kind of emotionally stunted. And that's the only way that you get this kind of this transformation is something was, you know, inherently wrong with them. And you bring that out. And I think I think it was OK.
1: Like, <laughs> I just cannot agree with your prequel apologist views.
2: <laughs> and I and I totally respect that. I mean, okay, I, I don't like episode. I do, episode one garbage. Episode two gar, uh, garbage. How do you guys period. feel about the uh,
1: theory that Jar Jar Binks was supposed to be a Sith Lord, but George Lucas overplayed his hand by making him such a doofus, and then he pushed out when he got all the
2: bad feedback. Yeah. Oh. I don't know about that. I, just, I don't like, even I don't don't think know. about Jar Jar. about, the the about fa- Jar, Jar Binks. I don't even. Who know was George the Phantom K. Menace?
1: If it wasn't when, him,
2: it was him though. But it was just that kind of like that. I thought it was like that kind of overarching. There is something that's going to happen. You know. I think I, they I, shoehorned Dooku in there
1: because he pushed out, and it was supposed. <laughs> you know, I think he was supposed to be the counter to Yoda, but he just was
2: lame. I think my my whole view oh. is that uh, the prophecy. That Yoda had about uh, Darth Vader bringing or Anakin bringing balance to the force is true. I think that Darth Vader did bring balance to the force by killing all the Jedi. I think that because it was so out of balance, like because you you need both balance. The force is about balance, having light and dark. And I think that if the Jedi had become too predominant, too powerful, and like the Emperor said, they'd become too bloated in bureaucracy and things like that, I think he did bring balance to the Force. I think it was just that's what had to happen.
3: Well, because hmm. like, right, there can only be a Sith Lord and his apprentice, right? There can't be anybody else. There can, be two. Two. Yeah. Yeah, there can only be two. Yeah, there can only be two. So, you know what I mean? There you go. You got odd numbers. Way too many Jedi's. I think there's
2: I think one of the books, one of the there's one of the books or one of the a, a previous Jedi had said that the force is neither good nor bad. It's just energy. It's a way. Of, and the, the I guess the Milikorians uh, just allow people to tap into that energy more than others. And it's that it's not good or bad. Energy is neither good nor bad. It's just there's energy. Right. And you can't you can't harness it. if you try to harness it in one way, it will push back at you. And that's what the Jedi, the Jedi thought they were doing good, but you're actually just, you're increasing the imbalance. The more Jedi they are, that it's, it's, the Force is going to push back to even it out. And I think Darth Vader was that, because he was, he was that, he was made from midichlorians, which are all Force-sensitive, which are these Force organisms or whatever, and he was composed completely of that. So he was the downfall of the Jedi, but he was also the balance of the Force. He was that you know, irresistible force that had to bring balance.
0: That's Mm -hmm. what I think. And if you've never seen star Wars, (laughs) um, you missed climb out of that wrong case file, case file 55 (laughs) uh, star Wars talk with Greg (laughs) Carlwood. No, I I, I, I was, I was reading through the questions and we pretty much, we covered them all. If there's a couple that I could go through, but you're going to lead us down another rabbit hole. So what? I'll st- I'll st- let's just do a quick. So we haven't covered it yet, but we've talked about it. Is uh, Bohem- Bohemian Grove? They worship, or they do have, like a mock sacrifice in, f- in front of this owl named Moloch. Is that correct, Greg?
1: Well, that is one interpretation. Obviously, that it does happen. But I've heard from other people that it's actually mithras but the problem is is that i've always heard of mithras as a bull and uh then i've also heard moloch i've seen moloch depicted as a bull so it's just weird i think that when that came out it was actually alex jones who filmed it yeah and i'm not so sure how i feel about alex jones and so i'm also not so sure about how i feel about that earliest interpretation but they definitely are doing some weird shit in the woods that they don't like to talk about
0: you can't go there you can't you can't get in unless you sneak in i guess like he did t- was it like probably 15 years ago or something
3: was, so, yeah. sorry was that moloch you said moloch that's the bad guy from Watchmen. is it alan moore yeah that guy he's he does yeah, so pro- much fucking they probably got, got that symbolism. from somewhere else no i guarantee buddy he's oh alan moore yeah. is all about occult symbolism like so look he, at Watchmen the whole thing it's laced with it right Man dies um, is, yep. yeah. Uh, Dr. Manhattan yep. oh yeah Dr.
1: Manhattan is a, a fascinating character basically the god form well, the exactly. enlightened man the Christ consciousness
3: Oh man that if you haven't if you haven't read Watchmen or seen it or you know do both there's a series mm-hmm. coming out too it, oh, it's fucking awesome
0: okay I got, I got a question here I don't know if anyone's gonna know the answer but I'm gonna ask it anyway from at on Twitter at Paula as usual, Have there ever been any alien encounters that specific to occult Cutler? What? To specify any occult magic stories that are better understood through the context of alien slash UFO life. So is there any connections, I guess, through the UFO phenomenon and occult... Well,
1: sim- I've interviewed some guests who have made the case that we've been kind of deceived with the whole alien motif and that what we're really dealing with are demons, but people know that demons are negative, nefarious entities, and so they're not going to go along with that. But if you wrap them in a different package and you call them space aliens, then all of a sudden you can make the case that maybe our space brothers have something to warn us about, and they're just here to tell mm-hmm. us to stop wrecking our planet, and you know they really love us. It's kind of a bait and switch and there is that perspective because you can go back even to fairy lore celtic fairy lore and find that the the motif is almost exactly the same visitors who come in the night and they back then they were taking children and taking them underground and a lot of it has to do with um genetics which Also, in the alien motif, a lot of people say they've been taken so that they could make hybrids. It's always often about offspring and children. And the stories are pretty similar. And so I think that we're experiencing something very strange. And we have these cultural wrappers that we put it in. They used to say fairies. Now we say aliens. At different periods of time, they've said spirits and demons but I think there's just other forms of consciousness, and just because space aliens tell you they're from space before they jam a rod up your dick doesn't (laughs) mean you can trust them.
0: That's well put.
1: Maybe they're coming from inside the Earth. Maybe they're remnants of a previous civilization far beyond our own sophistication, and they only come up to the surface world to experiment on us, like we do to basically every other animal.
0: No, no, that's a good point, because like we've theorized all about aliens before and you say like, okay, if you're coming here to warn us and like, Oh, don't do this to your plan. No nuclear weapons, all this stuff. Like, and you're that intelligent. Can you not somehow communicate to that? Like that to us, do you have to go through a government and the government stifles it up? Or is, are you actually a nefarious being and you go to the government and they're like, okay, uh, yeah, we're with you. Okay, right. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're on board with that. We'll, we'll help you that way. So uh well, it's like we'll bury your we'll bury your existence in the layers and layers of secrecy and no one will ever know the exact truth. So it's, and then it's just speculation forever.
1: Right. It's well put. I would okay. recommend uh there's a, a guy, Chris Knowles, I've had him on the podcast mm-hmm. a few times. He runs secretsun.blogspot.com. He wrote a series called Lucifer's Technologies that is all about the a big chapter of it is about the idea that Roswell was not an alien. Craft. It was an occult ritual done in the desert, and that they needed a cover story for it. And that when you do these occult rituals, you are given ideas for technology. Some people think that the Knights Templar were so successful with their banking practices because they were doing rituals and making offerings to Baphomet, who in turn taught them about fractional reserve banking, and we're all just blind to it. And You just make wealth out of nothing. We know that economies at those high levels are based on just manipulating numbers on a screen. It is magic. So this idea that you can perform a ritual, contact some multi-dimensional being and be given real technology is kind of something that I think is pretty sound. And he goes into the fact that if you go back to, um, you know, the old, the old text, like, I'm not sure if it's a Sumerian story per se, but the myth of Cadmus is what it is. And Cadmus, he, he has a story where he goes into the well of Mars. He, it's like he crashes into the well of Mars on a fiery rock. And so Mars is the red planet, Roswell, Rosewell, well of Mars, Cadmus crashing in a fiery rock. Like, oh. the motif of Roswell is based on an ancient myth. And that's what you find is these people... These elite are obsessed with these ancient myths and making them manifest. It's like what they try to do. So you have this Roswell working, as he calls it, out in the desert, and then you're given technology from some dark entities, possibly the transistor, because that's what they say. And then you put out a guy like Philip Corso, who spins this tale that he was working on a craft and reverse engineered the transistor. Well, you look at the history of the transistor, and it's surprisingly bear. And you'd think that for something that all our modern technology is based on, we would have a very detailed history of how it came to be. Yeah. But if it was given to us through a magical working in the desert, then we probably wouldn't have that story. And there's a, there's a case to be made that most technology or little pieces of it come from the other side, and they don't want to tell us that. That's why I think that science and the occult are so linked with that Stuff like that Jack Parsons story from earlier. Why are these people so obsessed with the occult? because they're getting information from it, I think. And this esoteric knowledge actually reflects itself in their science. It's very weird, but
2: I don't know. I think that's happening, man. that type of uh, that type of divine inspiration thing is is a good point. I think that's you but you have people like, um you I mean, you do have examples like I mean, like Nikola Tesla, I mean, he even claimed some of his things came from divine inspiration or he he saw the picture for the perfect uh, either circuit or, or generator in his mind. It just appeared to him out of light and th- that these things can happen. But, I mean, look at him. He died penniless and, and alone. And yeah. do you think um, mostly because, you know, people wanted to make money as none of his things. He wanted to give free energy or at least not have to charge as much for it.
1: Right. Uh, And I'm sure you could get different types of technologies uh, from different possible communications with entities. But if we did get technology from demons, how would you expect it to manifest? You'd think it would be this kind of thing that everybody would be really addicted to and in love with and think of as the savior of mankind, yet it's slowly enslaving us. And that, I think, is actually a great definition for modern technology. I mean, the mark of the beast is the goddamn iPhone.
0: I was actually, I was going to ask you, mark of the beast comes up a lot. And the people, some people say it's like RFID chips or the smartphone or like a a future tattoo everyone's going to get. So you're saying that the mark of the beast is because you you have to willingly accept the mark of the beast, right? It's already in your pocket. Yeah. So you go, you go to the store, you're like, okay, you go to your provider, like, I need a phone. They're like, all right, we got this iPhone eight or I nine or X or whatever it is you want it like yep I'll take that you grab it it scans your face it takes your fingerprint there you are you're willing to submit it to the mark of the beast
3: I'm going back to flip I think phone. there's.
0: yeah back to flip phone. <laughs> <laughs> like that's why I have an HTC <laughs> it's all the same buddy all the same huh crazy man this is like it's a, this a rabbit point, hole you can uh, just go down forever right everything, yeah. everything just unlocks a whole new fucking set of set of topics that you can just talk about forever
1: exactly and then there's infinite perspectives on those topics so it never ends
0: yeah like what the one thing i i come across with stuff and you're like okay if there is like a cabal and like there's a secret society of like a small group of people that own most of the wealth and most of the corporations i feel like it's they like they almost think that they have to let people know just a little bit so like okay we're gonna do this we want to do this so we have to give people like just a little symbolism or just a little something just like that's part of like the universal law. You have to put it out there. Like, all right, we're gonna do it. So here's like, just a little, let's give you just a, you know, just poke it out there. Some people are like, oh, this is what they're doing. But most people are like, well, that's bullshit. Like, you're, you're a fucking crazy conspiracy guy. Like, what? And there's like, oh, I put it out there, and now we're gonna do it. Right? That's what. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what I think. How these people get away with it. They're like, they want they, they tell people just enough so they know people people know they're gonna do it, and then they just do it. And but they own the media. They own the military. Like, they own all the stuff, right? If you if you talk about a global cabal, the bankers, right? It's all about the bank. Like, the banks own everything. They own the corporations. The corporations are in debt to the banks. The military is in debt to the corporations to make the weapons. And it's just like a big old... It's a small club, and you're not in it, pretty mm-hmm. much. Is that, is that kind of how you go... Like, kind of like, how you think about it, or...? Absolutely. Cheers, indeed.
1: Oh. I'm right there with you.
0: All right. Because, like, it's so hard. You can never, like... With these topics, you can never like say like who is doing it or who's not doing it. It's just like you know, like you know, some something slimy is happening. You just you just know. You look around the world, you're like, man, like you just watch the news or read like read the news, and like it's all like negative and fear mongering and warmongering. Like, and then, and then if you look on the alternative side, there's a lot of good stuff happening all the time, which no one ever hears about. No one hears about new technology. No one hears about good stuff, new cures and new power sources and all this stuff. No one hears about that. All you hear about is bullshit celebrities or a couple of the wars that America's involved in, even though there's, pro- they're probably in like 40 or 50 countries. You only hear like one or two countries, right? It's like, a, yeah. it's, it's like a weird... Something's weird. Something weird's going on. I think everyone can agree like something's not right. The system... It's not fully broken. It's just been like hijacked by a group of like super wealthy people who own most of the money and the corporations and the minerals and the resources and the food. Yeah, it's insane. Oh yeah, they're bringing the ship down. I think we'll see. What do you think the end game is for them? Is it really the New World Order, like one world, one world everything? They like they control they control everything you do. Or what do you think is the end end well, game? Well, for them?
1: I think it. I think at one time it was a a real like tangible literal one world government but now i just think they're going to do it digitally right i mean we're we're already there uh, most of the traffic 90% of yeah. the web traffic is going to facebook twitter google netflix hulu and that's pretty much it and so everybody's up in arms about net neutrality and it's like what porn, net neutrality because up. all these companies are the the all these companies have crushed voices that they don't like so what net neutrality? I don't I don't know where it is because I feel like it's already dominated by a few people.
0: We'll see. Well, now it was dominated by those people, but now they're gonna have like like ultimate control. Right now, you're yeah. only. I think you're the, only going to see that they
2: don't already. Uh, no, well, no, I think the big yeah. thing
0: is the deregulation. Is that yeah. now
2: that internet is not uh, considered a utility anymore and can't be regulated by the federal government, now they can pretty much charge you for whatever they it's want. Their teared. prices aren't aren't set, so it's like they can just do whatever they want for internet. Like, it's, well, there's a I case that's to be. A big-
1: There's a case to be made, though, that if you think of it like cable packages, what we're talking about is we used to be forced to have 150 channels of bullshit and get paid one fee. But then think about it if you could do it a la carte and only buy the three channels you wanted for a lower price. There's an argument that Uh, libertarians are making that it's actually the system we've had that is propped up the telecom- telecommunications companies and the cable companies to create the monopoly cartel that they have right now. And that if mm. they free that up, yeah, their pricing structures might change and they might suck, but it also allows smaller companies that couldn't get in the game before to now get in the game and offer more unique, more niche services. I don't know, but I just think that most issues are more complex than 100%. a yes or a no. And I think that we're led around by the nose a lot. And whenever I see ninety percent of people worried about something, I'm pretty sure they've been manipulated and that they don't really know what is beneath the first surface layer that's there. I think net neutrality is a buzzword. It was fun to get upset about, but I mean, we'll see what it really means.
0: Mm. Hey, man, that's I don't that's I don't really think they well did put. anything
1: good for us.
0: No, I, mm. it, you know. Any anytime there's a decision like that, it only benefits the people who make all the money. Right. It might not affect it might not affect the people at the bottom as much, but the, like maybe their internet, but, maybe it goes up a little bit, maybe their price goes down a little bit, five ten dollars. They're still goes, making more money. But the people at the, top, <laughs> the people who made the decision is benefited for them. Like they're not going to make that decision to benefit everyone else. They're not right. going to not- and, and, and like and like publicly traded companies. No one no one's ever going to make a decision that decreases your value of your company. Ever.
2: They didn't pay 62 million dollars in lobbying fees for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like they're going to get they're not to make a profit off of it.
1: It's also <laughs> worth pointing out that the internet was a deep state military weapon from the beginning. Yeah. So when people go out in the streets and protest about their rights they think they have on the internet, you should really reconsider what it was designed to do, which is collect your data and surveil you. And it's doing that. It's doing its job very well, and it's going to continue to do that job. And I think that when you start protesting about how you think that the military's weapon should be used, you're
2: not going to win that argument. (laughs) Hey. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of things that, you know, started out as military I mean, even nuclear power itself, which Everything. is like, oh, any of those things. It's like, well, we built a bomb with it first.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. That's the first thing we did with it. <laughs> always weaponized. It's always weaponized first, for sure. Anyways, Greg, I think, uh, I think you gave us more time than you said you're going to give us anyway. So uh, where, hey, can, cool. where, can, uh, where can the people find you and uh, how can they get in touch with you and... Listen, because I know you have you have a podcast and you have a bonus podcast. If they pay a little bit of money, you can get a second hour for free or something, right?
1: Yeah, so I'm not in love with that model. We do see it a lot, but there's really only two ways for podcasts to survive, advertising and some type of premium membership. And I'm never going to do advertising, especially no. with this type of content. So we opted for the other model. And I do two-hour interviews with people that I consider to be interesting in the conspiratorial, paranormal esoteric occult realms, anything fringe basically. And we get pretty deep into their work, as deep as I can in two hours. And the first hour is free and the second hour is five bucks a month for five shows a month. I think it's pretty simple that way. I try to keep that price pretty low. But, you know, that's the way it works. And uh, it's called The Higher Side Chats. You can find it at thehighersidechats.com. The premium version is called The Higher Side Chats Plus. And I also have... Uh, a small t-shirt company of designs that are based off of the episodes. And that's really fun because some of the episodes are quite deep. And so the artists I've got are amazing. They do such great work and they're listeners of the show. So they throw in things that I didn't even think of. And they're just pretty cool if you're into conspiracy and the occult because you just don't see a lot of deep level art that I actually think is also fashionable, not to use a lame term, but, you know, it's a lot of times it looks like you got that shirt at a flea market with yeah. that UFO on it or something like <laughs> this stuff is actually stuff I I like. So I'm actually proud of that, too. And that's the higher side clothing. So it's basically my life in a nutshell.
0: Hey, man, you, you've had like some of the best conspiracy, like best. not I want to say conspiracy because that's kind of a loaded term sometimes. You had the best like alternative media guests on your podcast I've ever heard. They're talking about I to- appreciate. They're that. talking about they're talking about topics all over the place and and you and you do it in a way where it's just like it's super easy to listen to. No one's yelling or shouting or arguing. It's just like here's my here's my points and then after the episode you kind of like sometimes you say like eh. Somebody's like, "Yeah, man, this guy is, he knows his shit." So like for right. for all for all our listeners like you guys know us. We don't know a lot. We drink a <laughs> lot of beer and we 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 love the topics. But if you want to hear people who actually like spend their lifetime researching this stuff, you go check out the higher side chats because he every every week, five times a month, this guy's got someone new on, and they're always good. There's, ne- there's never a dud.
3: It's also got the greatest intro song I think oh, I've ever heard. Oh man, like, no, so no. fucking good, it's man! It's the best by far. Appreciate that. Yeah. And Greg, I get a Greg, lot you, of
1: polarized opinions on that theme song.
0: You, I love it. You write the lyrics to those because you always you always have like, you take like parodies of songs. So you're kind of like the conspiracy version of. Uh, oh fuck! What? Weird, Weird out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. I've always loved comedy and parody music in particular. I know it sometimes can be lame, but I've just always liked it. And so, yeah, I've, I hire artists because what ha- happened initially is I just used to like to end the show with songs mm. that I liked that kind of en- encapsulated the the episode in some way or thematically or tonally kind of capped it off. And then YouTube which is really only 5% of the audience. I don't know why I let it dictate what I do so much, but they started hitting me with all these copyright strikes for these songs. And right. so I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna have to get cover artists to do these songs for me. And then I was like, well, if I'm already gonna get a cover artist to do it, I might as well make these lyrics about conspiracy. And so <laughs> that's, awesome. we, that's how it started happening. And I've done more and more and more of them. And some of them are, are pretty good because the singers are
0: good and they're, they, they do a awesome. good job. They're hilarious. Man, they're so, so good. It's cool. It's great. I appreciate it. It's better. It's better than I do on my little keyboard in here. So, <laughs> hey,
1: I this can't do Casio. shit musically. So, be happy,
0: Ron and Greg. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, giving us a little intro. We went. We went to like a whole bunch of topics. As I said, we yeah we was like that's how the show is. We never really we have a topic and then it always veers off. So it's got ADD pretty hard. It, the show has got <laughs> ADD, and it can't take drugs. So <laughs> we do. We do. We can. Right so well, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. We will uh, we will push all our listeners to your show because we don't put enough episodes and people are always yelling at us. So <laughs> mm. we'll uh, we'll send them your way because that that'll fill them in between our between our case files here. Right on! You're the best. Okay, hey, appreciate it, Greg. We will talk to you soon, and hopefully uh, hopefully we can have it back on sometime. You got it. take care guys right take it easy. <laughs> Rock on, peace, peace, brother. All right, fucking Greg Carl with everybody. Guy's a fucking champion. The guy's a genius. He knows he's what he's amazing. talking about, man.
2: Yeah, he's real good, and he's real good on the mic, and just like, yeah, he's got a lot of good ideas, and he just knows how to talk about him, and it's pretty hey, neat. He could like,
0: be, uh, he could be on the show full time if he didn't have his own professional podcast. Oh, he's a, <laughs> yeah, <he's> a,
3: <laughs> no, it was really, it was really nice to sit back and just listen to you, Dan, and him talk. Like, a fucking awesome. This,
0: before, because I fucked up. Is what happened is I told Andrew eight but I told Greg seven like a long time ago and then Andrew's like I was like when you come he's like it's eight right I was like nope it's seven he's like fuck <laughs> so he's, he's flying on his way so I was just sitting here listening to like listen to Dan and Greg just fucking talk about religion and Buddhism and stuff like this is awesome
3: yeah I just hopped off the fucking treadmill I've been, <laughs> I've been sitting here for like an hour and a bit marinating I have not even have a shower yet I feel <laughs> disgusting
0: I can't smell you so you're good
3: oh really I'm impressed that's good I have
0: a little plug nose so. there you,
3: that's it because I can smell myself that's disgusting.
0: If you could smell him, you'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, fucking gross. I'm gonna come back here in the morning. It's just gonna be a lingering odor. Of <laughs> ah, just like throw you, up you it, as soon as you walk in the dark. Out. Anyways, burn, burn that chair. That was yeah. uh, it's cool to have that guy on. He's a uh, his podcast is way bigger than ours, so he did us a favor coming on yeah so he's got he, nah,
2: he's, his podcast is cool he's got a bunch of published authors on there i mean i know it's not like super hard to get published these days but like he's got some really good people on there that know know their stuff he's like, had people on there cool.
0: who on any topic you can think of he's had them on this podcast did so. you reach out to him yeah. is that what happened well yeah people kept on twitter saying like oh you should uh, do a podcast with they always tagged his podcast at, at higher side chats mm-hmm. and i was like yeah, man, if, like, the big conspiracy fish swim, swim with the little conspiracy fish, like, we're, we're in. Yeah. He's like, yep. I was like, all right,
3: sweet. Do you think he's ever, like, does he, he ever listen to the podcast? Oh, he asked him. He, he said listened, he did. He listened, to, he a said he listened just
0: to a couple just to get the feel of it, right? Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure cool.
2: you wouldn't come in here and just, like, never listen to us and, you know, listen to a couple and make sure we're not a bunch of, I gave, you know, assholes. I gave, him, yeah, <laughs> like,
0: no I, I gave him a good description. I was like, listen, man, we're the, we're the entry level to conspiracies and aliens. We like to drink beer. I like to smoke weed and we'd like to have a good time and talk and bullshit and laugh and make the topics not sound so boring. He's like, that sounds right up my alley. i like, yeah. All right, sweet. And he's super busy. So like him come on on a Friday night. Yeah, was that was sweet. awesome. Yeah, that was really that was cool. cool. Like I, I, I had like a list of occult topics and we just, just like jumped all around everything. Like it's a, it's a very, it's a huge topic. Like occultism yeah. in like modern times. Yeah, that was, fun. I'll that be was honest, fun. I had a good time talking to him. <laughs> I, well, I wait.
3: Like I, I'm really happy the way it went. Cause like I was, I was trying to do my research, right? It was a little bit. It's hard. To, it's
0: hard to nail it down, right? And
3: it's the shit. I was, it sucked. It was boring. There's so much. Oh, McDonald's is 13 and Arby's is 13. Like who gives a shit?
0: Oh, I love Arby's. <laughs> of sticks, hey, you ever seen, how, you ever seen what, Mot- how Arby's meat is made?
3: Ugh. It's like liquefied. It's it? liquefied I'd and then still it's eat baked
0: it. and then solidified when it bakes. It's disgusting. Dude, I would eat
2: if they could make a protein like they called it a protein patty and it tasted like meat. I would still eat it.
0: Like, <laughs> I would still eat it. I'm
2: all for like if food came in a toothpaste thing, I'd probably I'd still eat it. Yeah, Be like uh, whatever. Hey,
0: it's food. Dude, I ate it military
2: is. food for like four years. Like, <laughs> it is food, right? Food is food. It just goes in my mouth and fills my stomach. <laughs> Gives me
0: energy. It all comes as poop later, anyways. Hey, it's, it all gets mashed in there and it's uh-huh. all good. Anyways, anyways. Uh, anything else you guys got to talk about? Uh, I liked your, I liked your uh, apocalypse uh, poll there. That was pretty cool. apocalypse pull?
3: I liked that. I enjoyed that.
0: Because, what?
3: what? Your little apocalypse what? pool when you're like, why, why are the pyramids there? Oh, DeBerry uh. the apocalypse? That was hilarious. Hell yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I just watched that movie. I'd never watched that movie. I watched it last weekend, and I was oh, really? like, "Yeah, I'd never seen it." I, I, the, I watched all three. I think I watched three X Men movie. The ones I hadn't seen. I watched. What was, what was the one? I watched Days of Future Past. I hadn't the seen best one. That's the best one. And then I watched Apocalypse. Right, those two. I watched those two, and I was still like, "I, why did I watch these?" Apocalypse was cool. It started out. The beginning was super neat, so and then cool. the rest of it was like, "This is dumb." What is happening?
3: Uh, they Psylocke f- has two lines. <laughs> they shit the bed. They shit the bed hard. What's happening? I know. I do
0: not like like, Anyways, I think yes. we're gonna we're gonna go after hours here. We got uh, we got some prolapses waiting to talk to us. But Sweet. What? Uh, I'm not gonna read any five star reviews today. We didn't have Braden. He uh, he's working. So he, he couldn't he couldn't make it. And this was it was it was the only day we could get Greg. So we we could. He's gonna uh, talk
2: about he the gonna... he's to. Wow! Well, I gotta message him if he's gonna talk about the secret project tomorrow
0: you're
3: gonna be super su- secret you're gonna be super bummed if i uh fuck off i haven't eaten yet it's all Dying. good buddy I'm getting no but
0: Mike. what i got what i gotta do I keep, I keep forgetting we had some new patron supporters on the show so i gotta give the, i gotta give these guys a shout out these guys are making the show go around no ads on the show yeah uh-huh. making it okay it's free for us it, now it's a free show for us to do because of all you guys supporting that's awesome Neat. and so i'm gonna go through the top here our top tier supporters our certified alien theorists we got Kyle Jones Graham Ashcroft and Drew Baca which you heard on case file 40 was it 42 simulation hypothesis and Ron Pond approved we got Adam Fairfield Justin Reeser, Christopher Stutz and Johnny Coon and then this is $10 award is your Ron, P- your Ron Pond approved we got Ryan Verlardo, James Shepard Jordan Corey Hines Zach Dysinger. This guy's been fucking grinding our gears because we keep forgetting to say his name. So that's our bad. You're the man, Kane Barrett, Ray Dizzle, Chris Ayola, Ray or Elaine Tremblay, Joel Dunham, Taylor Schmidt, Cole Berry. Cole Berry, the man who made Mister Conspiracy's Power Hour theme song. Fucking love Mister Cole Berry. (laughs) If you want Ah. Zelda to correctly pronounce your
2: name, you should have sent him a phonetic spelling beforehand.
0: (laughs) Yes, you should. You should know us by now. If you like, I can't pronounce shit. So that's that's Canadian. That's a Canadian way. Like it's different accent up here. Like. Colberry's uh,
3: band's playing tomorrow night by the way. Where? Uh, I think it's down in it's downtown at a hall. I'll I'll text you the you text stuff. me. I'll I mean I'll go. Yeah. It's downtown they, they in, fucking, a hole. It's in a hall. they fucking playing in a hall. They rented a hall. <laughs> oh, it's, I know I yeah. probably know the hall I'm fuck, talking about. They fucking shred.
0: Anyways, we had Colberry, we had Sarah Sarah Jones, Mike Rutledge. Those are our $10 supporters. And our biggest group of supporters are the $5 a month which gets you early access to all case files and all bonus material. Tiffany Donahue Audrey Nadio Nadio Jeffrey Will 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 Sean Smith Angela Lamberto Jos the Josh Hilton Alexander Fuentes Gabriella Wortherspoon AJ Rothett Mike Lupe just Sterling One name great Gary Smith Emily Tully Alex Richmond Emily Scordao, Jeremiah Parrish, Eria Arbego, Miranda Medina, Catherine Murdoch, Blake Edward, Dan Mansbridge. We got Scary Canary, Stephen Fallon, Allison Abril Miranda Palicano, Brock Masters. You know what's up. You've been around for a while. Colin Malone, Aaron Amador, Kyle James, and then $1 a month, The Beer Fund, keeping us uh keeping us a little bit drunk every episode we got our socal cor, oh socal chorus ron ron Pondent. that's the best name yeah tyler weiss cody ryanerson justin Arnez, nolan hansen steven scott jennifer morris dale peters sabrina moon alex k dominic bodkin will de rocher he actually started a podcast, and I'm going to be on it actually pretty soon. I'll, I'll let you know more, more, more information about it. John Trump, Madison Elliott, and we have one person who donates a dollar a month, but they didn't choose any reward for some reason. Linda Clark. Choose the reward. Come on. Come on, Linda. You deserve it, Linda. You deserve a reward. You do. Treat, treat yourself. Treat yourself to at least a dollar. You're, just, you're, you're still included in the beer fund, but you never selected it when you, when you signed up for whatever reason. And I do have Azell's Prolapse of the Month not of the month of the week and unfortunately it's kind of a sad one but she is our she's now our she's our friend she is battling cancer battling tumor brain tumor and she's named it Donald No, her name is Amy Quinn and she's treating her tumor with cannabis oil she's uh she's trying her best so it goes out to you Amy Quinn thanks for just listening to the show Hope Donald fucks off. Fuck off, Don- fuck off, Donald. Beat it, Donald. Get out of there. You don't deserve to be in there. Nope. Anyways, that was awesome. It was great having Greg Car- Carwood. Uh, we have enough listeners now that we can get more people on. So if you, have a ge- if you have a guest, they're like, man, you guys should really talk to this person. Let us know at alientheorists at gmail.com. Alientheorists, Facebook, Twitter, Alientheorist.com. Wherever the fuck you're on, we're on there. Snapchat, Instagram. We don't really check those ones as much, but we do check them sometimes. Uh, Brayden will be back. Brayden's actually in studio, coming up here. We have some, we have some case files coming up in studio live. We got our Dungeons and Dragons case file. Dan, the dungeon master see how that works out <laughs> see how that goes it's, it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun to at least try see what happens should be a hot mess but that's what we that's
2: what we that's what you pay for
0: yeah that'll, that'll be available on uh, Patreon only for now eventually if we have a few episodes maybe we'll, we'll probably release a whole new podcast of them but for now Patreon only and that's pretty much it for this week anything else groovy i will do our best brain impression I, I here think <laughs> Live long and prolapse.
3: Should have plugged your nose while he did it. So you have sounded more like a.
0: Live long and prolapse. Oh, wow, he's that like he's here. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Peace, guys. See it. Talk to you later.